Greetings, everyone. It is now time for Marked Safe. Tales of your very favorite and most beloved disasters. On Mark Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly and stay safe. And now, here with your hosts, Brianne and Melanie, this is Mark Safe. There's a lot to unpack. So much. Okay, so we've been off air debating who's the top in our relationship, and it is me. No. Yes. All right. I told you silent, and you fell silent immediately. No questions asked. I'm working. Okay, here's what we need to do. There's a meme that goes around that says, if you and a same-sex friend go out to dinner, whoever the waitress just automatically hands the check to, they've decided you're the top. Oh, it would be me. I think that's just because you seem kind of bougie. No, I'm not bougie. It depends on what you're wearing. No, I don't think so. Really? How do you figure? I think I'm the top. Okay. I'll let you think that. Second of all, we are leaving cats in officially. 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 Um, we're leaving cat sounds in the podcast. This was the Patreon content, so we we the people don't know that you are entertaining cat ownership. Yes. I bought a cat yes. door, and I don't have a cat. Yeah, so now you have to get one to match, which is just a very Melanie thing to do. And, you know, Adelaide had a little cameo appearance in the bonus episode that we just dropped, like, yesterday. I guess by the time you hear this, it'll be a few days ago. There's a lot of cat-related content in Disaster Relief there. Um, you're thinking of getting a cat. Mm-hmm. And now... I support you in that, but I do think that you may not realize how much cats meow in terms of being a podcaster. So I will not be editing any cat sounds out, which you may be surprised how many cat meows are in this fucking podcast normally. (laughs) They will be remaining until your decision has been made, because I feel like that's authentic. Okay. Okay. I dig it. Um, I think we had another thing. Oh, we were gonna you were gonna yell at me about my superstition. Yeah. What in the chainmail shit are you doing to me right okay. now? Okay. Listen. You know what? Hold on. Let me pull this up and see when the origin of it was, because I guarantee it was not chainmail, you bitch. Origins in history. Okay. Well, we know for sure it existed in nineteen oh nine. So it's a thing. Are that... you saying that chainmail didn't go back that far? But not like officially. No. I'm leaving that in because it's a cat knocking something around in my bathroom. If you hear that, that's for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a cat skeptic, by the way. You don't know this because I have three cats and you have no cats, but I suspect you like cats more than I do. <laughs> yeah, I I think I think I might. Yeah, it's super case by case for me. Um, also depends on whether I am recording a podcast or not, because when I am, I guarantee I don't like cats. Okay, so this is a thing in my family that has existed longer than I have, at least. I don't know. And it is that the beginning of every month, the first thing you say has to be either rabbit or rabbit, 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 or white rabbit or white rabbit three times. Ideally, even if you're awake at midnight, you would say it immediately as soon as the clock clicks over before you say anything else. I don't know how, I don't know if that's actually part of it. Like, I don't know if that's canon, (laughs) that it has to be like right before you say anything else, or if it just has to be right after the start of the new month. It's supposed to be good luck. My mom will send 
me like a hundred emojis of rabbits on the last day of whatever month in every group chat we're both in. Like we'll be in three different family group chats with different family members and she'll send it to all of them. She'll send it to me privately. She'll text it to me in case I don't see our messenger thread. Oh my god! Every single month. This is exhausting. Life. Listen to that car. <laughs> <laughs> It's midnight. Go to bed. Go to bed. We're in two different months right now because you're an hour behind me. Isn't that fucking weird? It is trippy. It's so trippy. It is trippy. So the rabbit thing is serious fucking business in my family. It's supposed to be ancient belief in swearing as a means of avoiding evil. I don't know. I'm just skimming this Wikipedia article, but it's definitely a whole thing. So then I asked her, I said... So is this a thing that you just told me? And now that I know, <laughs> if I don't do it, am I inviting bad luck? Like, yes. is this a chain mail thing? You are. You already know that it is one of those things where once you know. So you if know. you're the top, you're an evil fucking top. Obviously. After doing some shit like this. Well, you think I'd be a nice top? I mean, cute, white, fluffy rabbits. Uh-uh. I didn't say I'm the rabbit. I'm not a nice top. mm Mm-mm. I do believe in aftercare and safe words, though. I don't. Just kidding. Oh, shit. That's why you're not the top. <laughs> <laughs> it's not safe, Melanie. Also, I have pneumonia. Yes. <laughs> Just getting that out of the way. Uh, I don't remember if I sounded bad for our last recording or not. I definitely sounded sick for our Patreon recording. Uh, I, th- I mean, I think it's more just a you can tell I'm sick unless uh, it's super horrible to listen to thing at this point. But yeah, I got sick. Um, my lungs are fucking incompetent. And I went to urgent care about, I don't know, four weeks earlier than I usually would. Because um, once this starts going downhill with me, you know, I get a cough. It's like on a gradual trajectory to not ruining my life. And then it starts going downhill. At that point, it's not going away. And it's probably pneumonia. So I went to urgent care. It is pneumonia. I'm on medicine. I'm sorry. I still sound fucked up. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I said white rabbit on air with you. And I'll try to remind you to say it at your midnight because I love you. So hopefully that means that sounds like a goddamn lie. That I love you. Yes, that didn't even Fuck sound you. genuine at all. Wow, everyone says that to me, but it's not true. Mm-hmm. No one thinks it's true. I'm just like really concerned right now with this. You just loaded me up with another superstition. Oh, do you have a lot of them? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I'm sure my mom would be happy to put you in the email chain mail of rabbits. I mean, y'all do this at midnight? Well, I mean, usually she texts me like whenever she goes to bed. Let me see. Well, maybe not. At some point on the last day of the month. It could be when you wake up, though. Like, you don't have to be awake at midnight. Yeah, she texted me at 8.30 p.m. And it is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18 rabbit emojis. Wow. Yeah. And she will do that for you, I bet. All right. (laughs) Sign me up. All right. Mom, if you're listening, and I know you are, Melanie needs in on this. Yeah. rabbit rabbit chain mail thing yeah yeah what are your other superstitions you hear that cat yeah that cat yeah yep. i don't know i mean i guess it's just as things happen as things happen you become superstitious well you know about my thing with splitting poles yeah right? bread and yeah. butter bread and butter yeah. i mean just your general stuff the breaking of the mirrors the umbrellas and houses oh, yeah. oh gosh oh yeah don't ever do that the ladder thing yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, that's not like one of my more cherished superstitions, but that's probably because I'm only around ladders so much or it would 
come up more. We've got a couple ladders here. My kids, though, they're like always opening umbrellas and always breaking mirrors and always walking under ladders. And I'm like, what are you doing? Mm, You're stressing me out. Awful. I don't like bad numbers either. I don't like 16 or 16. I don't like 13. And I don't like 666. My aunt officially has Ava doing her hair trims on new moons. Oh, yeah. You told me that. Uh, I think we talked about that in the podcast. Yeah. So that's adorable. That's a lot to keep up with. Had to lie a little <laughs> bit because uh, for the longest time I was doing it on full moons. Uh, well, I didn't know. I got uh, something got lost in translation. So, new moons it is, hair trims, and uh, yeah. Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. So, speaking of cats. Oh, God. Okay. This is a stupid matchup. I'm sorry to tell you. <gasps> it's not the matchup. How itself. dare okay. you? On with it. What? To introduce this. Whoa. Roll this out. Bracket time. I'm mad about this one. Why? Okay, okay, I'll introduce it first. Okay, introduce it. It's everybody wants to be a cat versus trash in the camp. Okay. There's no words in trash in the camp, Melanie. You know what? People These say- cats are really making a point. <laughs> <laughs> They're it's picking such a the winner. To know that I They're, don't have to edit this out. They are campaigning hard. They are, man. That timing okay. is pretty beautiful. Hey, you know what? A couple people are like, it's a bop. And so I put it in. A couple people are the boss of you? This is why I'm the top. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, here's my beef. First of all, I have to be full disclosure here and tell you that I have actually not seen either of these movies. Oh, my so if there's, you know, some kind of like super sentimental context or something. You've never seen have... Tarzan? No. What is wrong with you? When I was a kid, I would have definitely seen that as like a boy movie. I understand. You don't need to make the point that it's not because I get it. But like I, I and Adelaide's the same way. She has very arbitrary opinions about what are boy things and what are girl things. And she has never wanted to watch Tarzan either. And I guarantee that's why. Um, no, and I've never seen the Aristocats. I know. God, I'm gonna get so much fucking hate mail. I feel like I get so much more hate mail than you, and you talk about eating wiener jelly on the show. Yeah, people love wiener jelly. I mean, a lot of people love some kind of wiener jelly, but usually not the kind you're talking about. They bring me all sorts of wiener content in our Facebook group, and I love it. I'm leaving the group. You're not. <laughs> I'm going to start ban hammering all wiener content. No, you're not. Maybe we'll see. You're not the top. You're, you're not the top. You're not the boss of me. You're not the top of okay. me. <laughs> you're not the top of me. Okay. So have you, okay. So we've got trash in the camp and everybody wants to be a cat. I've actually never even heard either of these songs, much less seen the movies. But here's the thing. I looked them up on Spotify before we began and I listened to the cat one. And it's fine. It's okay. I am impressed by you because there's a lot of like jazz scatting in both of these. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, I respect your matchup. So I do just want to tip my hat to you on that one. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate you. And by the way, you said in private message the other day that nobody gets you, which I am wounded by. Well, I I feel like you get me, but. um, Do you want to unpack that, by the way? um, (laughs) People are going to think I'm nuts. We'll find out who gets you, won't we? All right. 
Okay. Because I get it. I would have done the same thing in a heartbeat. All right. Here's the context. So my friends were in town. We rented a couple hotel rooms in New Orleans, um, one for my friends and one for um, my family and my kiddos because I like to have them close to me and they they like a little staycation, you know? Mm-hmm. I had planned on getting up early the next day and leaving with my kids to come back home while Cody stayed with my friends and they would do a late checkout, you know, because they're vacationing. I get home. Oh, the reason why I'm going home early is because my children are attending the very first birthday party that they've been invited to ever. Very exciting stuff. Yeah. So we get home. And I feel like your kids making connections is important to you. It's really important to me. because It's really important to me, too. We've moved around a lot. We haven't had a lot of opportunity to make friends. It's just been tough. And then the pandemic hit, and it's it's hard. So this was a a big deal. It was a really, really big deal to them. And to me, I I, want to make this happen for them. Yeah, it's a different reason, because it's not really so much that we've moved around as it is that we... um, she was homeschooled until very recently. And uh, yeah, so any kind of connection or friend connection or birthday party she gets invited to, it's a priority. It is a priority. So the kids and I, we get back home and Cody had decided to lock a door that we have never locked since we've lived here. I don't know why he locked it. No one could break in. It's the um the garage door. Okay. And I had no keys because I just push a button to go in my garage. I know that sounds ridiculous. Anyways, he's over an hour away. We're about 30 minutes out from the party. There's no way we would be late, but I would still have to get them ready and they they would miss the party. So I went to the shop and got a sledgehammer and busted the window from the garage door out. See, this is completely reasonable to me. Yeah. And, yeah. and so... Yeah, it, it. I just broke it. I yeah. I tried calling a locksmith. No one, no one could help me, and um. So I helped myself, and <laughs> to your house, to my house, <laughs> and it was a lot of glass because it was a double pane window, and so I spent. This is how the uh, conversation with you started because you were asking me for something. I was like, I gotta clean up some glass that I have been neglecting, and uh, I mean. It wasn't just laying around my house. It was taped up with garbage bags, but, you know. Just a teething toy for the baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, went to the party and I was like, hey, funny story. I I took a sledgehammer to my garage door so we could make it on time. And I'm pretty sure I came off super crazy. I was wondering, as soon as you said it, I was like, but did she get to the party and tell them I broke my own garage window to be here? I did. You did. And I respect that. And I also respect what you've done. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm a very one track minded person in general. So I mean, and I also really care a lot about my kids social life. Me too. It's super so, important. I mean, if something needs to happen, like, it's gonna happen. Like, I'm gonna find a way and it's gonna happen. And, and sometimes it's I just mean, a sledgehammer to a window. Yeah. It's just like you get into this mentality of it. Like, it's not really should I? It's just like, could I? Also, that sound is staying in because it's a cat trying to claw up the side of the leather couch. Listen, can I tell you <laughs> how therapeutic it was busting that fucking window? Oh, I bet. Oh, I bet. It felt so good. 
Your kids must have thought you were a fucking hero also. They thought it was really cool. Of course they did. And I mean, I assume they oh, knew and why. Of course they told their dad. Guess what mom did? I'm like, he knows. <laughs> I'm not just busting down windows for no reason, but... They just that sounds staying in because it's a cat crashing through something. What is going on? Okay, we better it get back to this. It goes on brackets. every episode. I just edit it out, but I will not be this one. Let's. They want us to go back to the bracket. Okay, that's true. That's true. They're getting disruptive. <laughs> they think we're off track, but I think that you are rational and impressive. So, well, thank you. And you're like proof that no me. one gets me. And I was like, well, excuse the fuck out of me, lady. What am I, chopped liver? <laughs> Thanks for getting me. Sure. Thanks for letting me air that out live. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So we've got Everybody Wants to Be a Cat and Trash in the Camp. So I looked them both up on Spotify. Listen to Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. It was fine. I mean, I'm not like in love with it or anything, but yeah, it's all good. And then I listened to the other one. And I don't know if you're aware that Spotify has a lyrics feature on most songs. Yes. Okay. Well, I didn't actually know that for a while. I mean, I've known that for probably, you know, several months now, but it's relatively new knowledge to me. Um, So I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to read along with the lyrics as I listen to this. So I click the lyrics, not yet knowing there are no (laughs) lyrics, but there are lyrics listed, oddly, in every single version, because there are multiple versions of Trash in the Camp inexplicably by different artists. One of them's like Rosie O'Donnell. One of them's like fucking InSync or something. And I'm like, what are well, you Rosie doing? Well, Rosie O'Donnell is the character. I mean, sure. But so I clicked all of them. You would know they, that if you watched a fucking movie. Yeah, it's we'll see. So I, I clicked all of them. Someone's going to have to make me. I clicked all of them and you're not my top. I clicked all of them and every, it's not going to be you, every single one, (laughs) every single one listed the lyrics, I believe to you'll be in my heart. And so I'm listening to all this bullshit, skibada bullshit in the beginning. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, but these lyrics slap. Like, I really did not think that the name of this was Trash in the Camp. Like, I've seen these lyrics before, but the lyrics fucking slap. So it's going to be this one. And then I get through the whole fucking song. There are no lyrics. I'm questioning my sanity. I Google it and I'm like, lyrics to Trash in the Camp. And it, it comes up lyrics as if they're a real thing. But the lyrics are like... Zap dooby doo, zap dooby doo, and I'm like, shut the fuck up! Like, just put in brackets. There are no lyrics or something, and so and translate to English. Okay, so I click translate to English. It doesn't do shit. So I was so unamused by this that the cat one is for sure the winner here, and I don't even really care for that song, so it's probably not going further. <laughs> <laughs> so this was an emotional journey for me. I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> Everyone wants to be a cat? Not me. Well, this week you do. The cat's the top. No, I'm the top, Melanie. Listen. That took a turn. (laughs) It always does. (laughs) It always takes a turn. Okay. So you don't have any idea what my episode is. Nope. You sent me a creepy picture. I sent you a creepy picture. Um, That is because... I have attempted to begin three or four different episodes just this week for this episode. And some of them I have mentioned to you. And then at the last, God, the literal last second, I decided, no, I'm doing something else. So it's not the picture? No, it is. I sent you that like a few hours ago. You think I changed my topic and wrote a whole episode since then? (laughs) 
I don't know. I thought you were the top. I am the top and I can do what I want, but I didn't do that. <laughs> okay. We need to take a poll. Okay. In Horrible Ghouls. On who's the top? Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. I bet people have opinions about this. I'd like to know. Okay. So, you know, you know our illustrious TikToks that I used to make and never officially stopped making, and maybe I'll make them someday again, but maybe not. Should we address why we haven't done that for a while? Yeah, we probably should. Okay. Because we did get a shit ton of listeners from that, and they're probably like, cool, nice. <laughs> nice bait and switch. Bait and switched. So our content get, kept getting flagged. Dumb shit. Dumb, dumb shit. Dumb shit. Dumb shit. And I mean, I get it. I don't really get it. But I kind of get it that there are certain things that are just not copacetic on TikTok. But the stuff and, we got flagged for. Well, yeah. And like our content by nature is going to have a lot of overlap with that. And one of the things we got flagged for was legit. Like there was some um, footage of, I believe his name was Russell Lee Phillips, the NASCAR accident. It didn't show anything, but like... You know, I I get it. But we got fucking flagged for a simulation, uh, computer simulation, like reenactment of a plane crash that didn't didn't even show any like simulated bodies or anything. It just showed a computer reenactment that didn't look realistic at all of a plane crash. Ridiculous. And we got flagged for it. And we were getting flagged for everything. And it was just kind of like... They threatened to shut us down. We are one TikTok away from getting shut down. And it was getting to a point where we were getting flagged for everything. And it started... Like, on some level, we were like, well, so we should just choose our most you know tiktok friendly ones go out with a bang because i mean we were scooping up new listeners like crazy with everyone Mm -hmm. and it was like so we should just choose our most impactful one go out with a bang and if we get flagged we get flagged we're gonna it it, like this has an expiration date on it but i mean honestly on my end it just started feeling like a lot of work for something that was probably going to get taken down in an hour because i mean one of those takes hours to put together hours and hours and hours and hours and hours to put together so honestly i probably will go down with the ship and make a few more at some point because why not but it is a lot of work for something that's definitely going to get flagged and you can't even predict what's going to get flagged yeah it's so ridiculous so, yeah but i am hearkening back to this one because we are partially dipping our toe into our podcast neighbor true crime mm. on this one and it brings the TikToks to mind f- for me because kind of the thesis of this, which it is a compilation, so get out your Brienne episode bingo board. It is a compilation. It will definitely be a two-parter for sure. For sure. Maybe a three-parter. We'll see what people think about it. And I mean, I guess the theme is kind of like how we always started those TikToks, which is, have you ever wondered what bad shit could happen on a cruise ship? Because <laughs> it's not necessarily just going to be true crime, but there is some true crime. The theme is bad shit that could happen on a cruise ship. That's what we're and going for this week? That's what we're going for this week. Fuck and yeah. some of it is more um, classic disaster than others. Some of it is more true crime than others. But it is bad shit on cruise ships. I love it. Bet I won't make that the title. It'll be like, whatever, whatever, bad shit on cruise ships. <laughs> I might. Don't put it past me. So, we are, you know I like a chronological compilation. Mm-hmm. So, I have a list of... 
things that I may like to cover, which feel free to tell us what you might like to hear covered if you know of some cruise ship bullshit that is not the poop cruise that Melanie already covered and is not the Concordia that I already covered. Uh, I think that's the only cruise ship stuff we've ever delved into. And uh, MS uh, Estonia on Patreon. Oh, yeah. I guess I don't know why I wasn't thinking of that as a cruise ship, but it totally was a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So if it's not one of those things and you are interested in hearing about it, if it's bad shit and it happened on a cruise ship, by all means. Oh, hello, cat. Coco says, hello, Melanie. <laughs> she says, are you sure? <laughs> she says, maybe just get a cat door for your kids. Aww. See, this is this is what gets edited out every episode. Honestly, I might have to go turn her water on for her, or she might not stop. We'll see. She likes to drink water from the bathroom faucet, and she gets very bossy when she wants it turned on. She wants her fresh water. She does. She she doesn't even have, like, a water bowl, because they all like to drink from the faucet, so I just leave the faucet on, like, a lot. Okay. So have you ever wondered what bad shit could happen on a cruise ship? Of course. That's why I'm here. You've been on a cruise ship, so of course you have. You can't get on a cruise ship and not wonder that. Well, you're going to find out some things. And again, I do love a chronological compilation. So I have a list of things that I may like to cover. I'm sure some of them will get filtered out in the editing process. But every one that I delved into not only had enough to qualify it, but way more than I expected to qualify. So we are starting in old timey times on this. We are starting with the first known cruise ship problem. Um, yeah, first known cruise ship, bad shit for the most part. And uh, we will, in this episode, only actually be getting up to 1934. We've got four stories and they're all 1934 or sooner. God, I love old timey stories. Yes, you're gonna love these. So we're gonna get into some somewhat more modern cruise ship bullshit in the next episode. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, so bad shit's been happening on cruise ships since even before the Titanic sailed and sank. We are going to start our journey through the Sea of Disaster in 1903, when a Mr. Charles Fink, 45 years old, hopped on the SS Hecla in Norway, where the U.S. native had been staying for the past year. I'm unclear on why, but he was more than ready to leave and return home to the U.S. where he was from. The ship was destined for New Jersey, and our boy Charles had a whole gob of cash so that he could start an express business in America, which, do you, did you know what an express business was? I do not. I didn't either, but it seems dumb, like I should know. It seems to have been like a delivery thing, like express mail only, like not through the U.S. Postal Service. I guess there were a lot of delivery services that were more of a freestyle type of situation, which is a little unsettling. But then again, I guess we put our actual selves in Ubers, so... I mean, there used to be pigeons. Yeah. Well, I think we were a little past pigeons, but not quite to Ubers. That's where we are in history in the pigeon to Uber scale. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't know that was the timeline, but it is. (laughs) So he was going to head back to America, start an express service. He had a bunch of money. He was no dummy. So as soon as he got on the ship, he gave it to the purser. So he wasn't carrying it on him. The SS Hecla arrived in New Jersey quickly enough, minus one Mr. Charles Fink. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Ship officials couldn't just shrug and move on. Not that it necessarily stops them in any way today. They actually seem much more willing to do so today. Um, So they reached out to Charles's brother, John, 
John came in to discuss the matter and see what might be the fuck and was told that Charles must have jumped overboard and died by suicide. Hmm. Case closed. No. Yes. No. Closed. So they needed to um, confirm for sure, you know, that he was the one who was not where he was supposed to be. Show, so they showed Charles's personal effects that they had found on the ship, and John confirmed that they did belong to his brother. But according to cruiseshipdeaths.com, quote, this is where things went hinky, and I petitioned we bring that phrase back. Oh, I love that. I knew you would. As soon as I saw that, I thought I have to they went quote that hinky? directly. They went hinky. Oh, my gosh. Somebody didn't say rabbit at all. Mm. <gasps> what time is it? It's not. No, I don't mean you. I mean the guy who is no longer on the ship. Oh, my <laughs> victim gosh. Blaming. I was like, oh. <laughs> what time is it? Okay. No, all you're right. good. I'm not guaranteeing. I'm actually going to remember that, but you're good. So things went hinky. All of his shit was covered in blood. Oh, it's probably a nosebleed. Probably, yeah. Including all the pages of his memorandum book. By the way, if you hear a sound that is unprofessional in the background, it is my cat playing in the bathtub. (laughs) (laughs) We need one of those little flip books of all the things that your cat did in this episode. I just hope people will appreciate the editing more after this one. It's going to be the little palate cleanser. Uh Uh-huh. So all of his shit was covered in blood, including all the pages of his memorandum book, as per usual, when a man jumps off of a ship of his own volition, and his underclothes. Like his chonies? His, his panties, I don't know. I guess. Hmm. I don't know what men wore under their clothes in 1903. I mean. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So John, the brother, called out the ship officials on this. And they didn't have shit to say other than looks like he jumped. Hmm. He had shared a cabin with two American men. And I mean, one can only conclude that he had to have considered them trustworthy, told them about his plans for the future, only to, you know, fall victim to bloody murder and have his body thrown overboard into the calm seas. Apparently after being stripped naked, since his underclothes were in his suitcase bloody, and that seems dumb as fuck to me, because if they're looking for the dude himself, like, by the time they find him, the blood on his clothes is going to be the least of their problems, or, like, anything he's wearing. He's but just they're gonna, naked? I guess. I don't know. They never found his body. But, I mean, those clothes are going to look sus as fuck if you find him in his belongings. Right. Yeah. So... I guess when the two men dug through... By the way, that is still the cat in the bathtub. I guess when the two men dug through his luggage and his memorandum book looking for his money, they must not have found anything worth stealing since Charles had not been a dipshit. Uh, The police tried to track down the two men that Charles had shared a cabin with without much success that I could find. Although they did get one guy who knew one of them in an interview, like kind of sort of barely knew him, like really defending the character of this dude that he barely knew. Okay. Sidebar time. It's a good sidebar. Uh, cause that one, like, there's not a ton of story to that. It's sad, but there's like not that much to say about yeah, it. Yeah, but, but I did he wanna... gave his money to the purser. Where's the purser? I believe the purser and the money were still in the fucking purser office. Hmm. But hold on. It's sidebar time. I'm just letting you know. I wanted to include that one because it is one of the earliest recognized cruise ship deaths. So I just wanted to put it as our starting bookend and, you know, 
invite poor Charles's ghost into the studio with us tonight. Hi, Charles. Hey, Charles. I bet he was a cutie pie. I would have been his top two, though. Anyway, <laughs> I did find a lot of information about this on newspapers.com. And god damn the old timey gossip in these newspapers i told you it's the best truly something else the tonal inconsistency is fucking wild (laughs) okay so here are a few headlines from the same page as one of the stories on charles fink's disappearance just one okay (laughs) quote russell sage taken ill at his office aged financier overcome by vertigo but remained at his desk until market closed (laughs) okay okay (laughs) Insane woman ends life by drowning. Child's arm found. What? Edward Leonard falls from his bicycle. (gasps) He was fine. He just fell. (laughs) And fucking randomly, the sun. Is it heaven? No. Okay. That absolute goddamn fever dream of a piece. Cold opens with, what is the physical geography of the sun? Has it mountains, lakes, and rivers? Has it variegated landscapes of hill and copse and valley? Has it bending heavens of luminous light and rainbow tints of gorgeous beauty? Has it peerless cities of smiling grandeur inhabited by noble denizens of angelic goodness with all the graces and fascinations of human personalities with loving hearts, pure lives, and joyous aspiring souls? I believe it has all of these. What? It continues. I contend, therefore, that the sun is inhabited. And... The planets are human hatcheries, and the suns their places of maturity and perfection. To which I say to you, Melanie, I have also had edibles, but I didn't realize they were that good in 1903. (laughs) I was going to say shrooms are a hell of a drug. Okay, this whole thing, (laughs) the sun is at heaven. Oh, no, it's just a massive incandescent gas. Come on. It is just presented without comment by, as far as I can tell, some fucking rando who took some drugs, had these thoughts, wrote them down and thought, God damn it, I'm sending it to the newspaper. And I have to say, this is not in my script because I wasn't going to say it because it's maybe a little bit too political or maybe political is not the word. Maybe just misandrist. It. This is why men are so cocky. This is why men are so arrogant, because they really think that their thoughts are valid. (laughs) Too valid. They are too comfortable thinking these thoughts and then thinking, let's put this in the newspaper. And it happens. I I just did something. They're proud. You didn't. They they are. They, They think these thoughts and they just really feel like they've done something. They really feel like they've done something. And I would like to propose that they have not. I don't know. I mean, they've done something. I guess here they are on a podcast. That's what I was going to say. We are talking about it. Yeah, that's fair. The sun, is it inhabited? What do you think? I don't know. I've just got, they might be giants stuck in my head right now. You don't think that it has uh, denizens with pure lives? Literally just have, they might be giants song in my head. (sighs) No. Yes. No, get it out. I can't. It's in there. It's in there forever. Why why say it's so sexy? Sun is a mass of incandescent gas. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Well, someone needed to tell this person that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Moving on to 1921. We have jumped forward in time. What is this? 18 years? Mm -hmm. Okay. So in 1921, Louis Campania's job title was one that I 
want to also have. If only because I think it would look eccentric on a resume. And now that we've gotten into this whole who's the top thing, (laughs) I want it more. And his job title was wealthy fruit dealer. (laughs) Which I love. (laughs) I love it. I love it (laughs) He seemingly had more than just that going for him. Louis had a bustling life. Hello, cat. Full of social engagements, a lucrative career as a fruit dealer, a wife named Anna. A wealthy fruit dealer, a wife named Anna, which we should all aspire to. Anna the banana. Anna banana. Oh, I bet he called her that. Actually, knowing what else I know, I bet he fucking didn't. Um, (laughs) Five children, including a 15-year-old and four adults and a home at... 1613 77th Street in Brooklyn. And let it be stated on the record that in at least one of the newspaper articles I read, the address included the comma after the thousandth place. And I can't decide if I think that's weird that we did that then or weird that we don't do that now. Hmm. Probably not that that we don't do it now. Yeah, I think I think that's probably right. But they did then and it really it really knocked me back. Wow. So he was 46, but apparently he didn't look at it all. And maybe that is because infidelity keeps you young. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Louis also had a beautiful blonde 23 year old side piece named Vivian Bressel. I think Bressel. Okay, here's the thing. Is Bressel a sexy last name? I'm getting Bressel sprouts. Okay, because I could go either way, because on one hand, it, it kind of seems like a name for an undergarment, like a sexy one. Um, kind of makes me think of a train trestle, which is a bit romantic. But on the other hand, Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. However, it was apparently on her mind, because her name was actually Ernestine, but she had recently started going by the much sexier Vivian. Um, so we will call her Vivian. And he had been having an affair with her for two years. In January of 2021... He went a little off the rails, just a little. He closed up shop on his business, presumably fruit dealing, and was rumored to owe a bunch of creditors money, despite his business associates saying that his worth was the 1921 equivalent of about $3 million. He had been partying for a good couple months, apparently in the white light district. I don't know what the fuck that is, and Google isn't helping me. Hmm. It sounds sexy. It sounds I mean, super sexy. I'm feeling like it's Coke. <laughs> because, you know, we've got like the red light district and I mean, we all know what that is. So like, what is the white light district? That it seems to me like it has to be Coke, but I don't know. I don't know. Was there, was that, was there Coke in 21? Was there? Hold on. Man, Google. Google's going to send someone for a welfare check. <laughs> when was cocaine... Invented, discovered, made. Uh, when was cocaine invented? Google says invented. Uh, a long time ago, and I think I'm being culturally insensitive because I think it was like um, made from the South American coca plant for thousands of years. Indigenous people in the Amazon rainforest have chewed it to get an energetic high. Then European scientists discovered co- isolated cocaine from the coca leaves in the 1850s. So as with everything literally everything indigenous people have been doing it for ages then we had to come along pretend to discover it and fuck it all up Mm -hmm. so back to the white light district which is i'm really speculating on what that is so he had been partying hard for a while 
He also bought a new car. So he seemed to be really having one hell of a midlife crisis. Yeah, it sounds like a midlife crisis to me. Yeah, like big time. After, well, spoiler alert, this is not going to be the midpoint of his life. After shutting down his business, he bounced without even a goodbye to his wife or children. He just simply departed. (sighs) He told some people, not his wife, that he was going to Italy. He married a side piece without divorcing his wife. Yeah, you can't do that. Well, maybe you could back then. I I don't know. You weren't supposed to, but I guess you could somehow, like, do it as far as, you know, people not knowing you were doing it. But you weren't supposed to. So he did that, and he dipped bailing also on his 20-year-old daughter's upcoming birthday party, which she apparently really wanted him to be at. It comes up in, like, four different articles, which I thought was a little bit rude. But, you know, it's It's rude that they reported on it? No, it's rude that he bailed on his daughter's birthday party. Oh, I was going to say, no, let's air out this laundry. (laughs) Oh, no. To be fair, it is the least rude thing he does in this story. He had worked with a travel agency to book passage for himself and Vivian on the SS Vasari, which is a luxurious passenger ship that had entered service in 1908. They were in the most expensive room on the ship. And he'd also brought that new car of his on the ship because apparently he was going to go drive around Italy or some shit. I'm not really clear on whether he had or was gonna, but I don't know. Apparently he hadn't seen Titanic and didn't know what goes on in those cars. Or maybe he did. and Or maybe he did. That's fair. So he and Vivian did some traveling together from January to March with her booked as his wife for two months, which I guess technically speaking she was. His original wife, though, was thoroughly not fucking around. And she got the tea from their, I guess, gossipy chauffeur. Oh. And was like, where the fuck is my husband? And he was like, sit down. So she found out everything. Looked into his whereabouts. I don't know how. I tip my fucking hat to old-timey women pulling this shit off with no social media or Google. It's in our DNA. It is in our fucking DNA. So she looks into his whereabouts, discovers that his wife was supposedly traveling with his ass, according to passport records, which she sure as the fuck wasn't. So she contacted the goddamn State Department and asked them to send him home, (gasps) which I once did with a philandering ex who wouldn't come home from a bar until I called them and told them to send her home where I was coming up there. And they actually did. I have a lot of stories. So when the SS Vasari made it to Argentina, officials were not messing with any of that. And they would not let Louis and Vivian off the ship. They had to stay on it for two weeks while the ship loaded and unloaded cargo. And then I think they disembarked for like Brazil where the same thing happened. And then they were done and it was time to head back to New York, which for Louis meant facing the music. And he knew that his wife was waiting for him. He knew it was not going to be pretty. And after the ship left Argentina, Louis shot Vivian five times. And <gasps> what? Yeah. Whoa, whoa, what? You didn't see that coming? <laughs> I thought I'd really telegraphed it like too well. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then shot himself. And they were both buried at sea, which I find such so unsettling like it's such a weird way of saying we just said fuck it and threw their bodies overboard oh totally because they didn't care no well i guess vivian's parents were like there's a cat 
Are you sure about your life? Uh, I guess Vivian's parents were obviously like beyond devastated. They didn't really know about any of this. And then this happened and it was very yeah, upsetting. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Ordinarily, we would be pausing while my cat finishes her shit and then starting over, but not today. Not today. All the cats, all the time. You want to be a cat? Yeah. Everybody wants to be a cat. I'm already a cat. I thought you were a top. Is there a difference? Yeah. Is there, though? I think so. Okay. <laughs> See, I think I'm more of a cat. Than me? I mean, did, weren't oh, we talking buddy, about no. them putting their buttholes on everything? Yeah, you put your buttholes on things. Your butthole, you've got more than one. You put your butthole on things, but that is like not all cats do. They're also really nice and sweet and cuddly until they suddenly kill you. Mm, I'll dig it. You can be like that sometimes. You think so? Yeah, you got kind of mad at me about something a couple weeks ago and I got really sad and you had to acknowledge it the next day. <laughs> did I? I don't remember what it was. I think it was because I didn't have my shit together and couldn't record or something. It was around the time of the uh, cord incident. Oh. And I was texting my husband, texting everyone. I was like, Melody's mad at me and I'm going to die. No, I think it was just my anxiety <laughs> that was just going. I think it was. It, it was yeah. n- not you. It was You were going was through some you. shit. It was me. <laughs> Spoken like a bottom. Okay, I'm a bottom, clearly. I know. God. Okay. So we're moving forward eight years now. If you say so, you're the top. I do. After Louis and Vivian had died, we're moving forward eight years because there's really nothing else to that story. It's just sad as shit. Now we're on to a ship called the Mongolia. Mm -hmm. The Mongolia. Okay. This story. These stories... Honestly, everyone is wilder than the one before. So this is there's four stories. This is the third, and this is third ranking for just jaw dropping plot twists. <laughs> Which, man, I'll tell you, I'm not normally a big fan of old timey stories, but they will have some jaw dropping plot twists. Yes, always. They they really will. Like I've got to hand it to that. So now we've got a ship called the Mongolia. And it had a hell of a journey, and it came back with some explaining to do. It was the ship's final voyage before it was going to be, I believe, bought by another, you know, cruise. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was officially considered a cruise line. It was being bought by somebody, and this was this was its last journey as Mongolia. But like, regardless, how creeped out would you be on a ship that you knew was about to be decommissioned? I would be obsessing about that. Maybe less so if I knew it was just being bought by somebody else. But, like, if this was its last voyage, it would be all I'd be thinking about. Yeah. I don't know. Unless it's, like, an Elton John farewell tour. Like, you know it's going to happen again. (laughs) That's not how this works. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. No. Not that. So, a 40-year-old man named Joe Blackburn had, which sounds fake, but I don't think it is, had boarded the ship in LA and pretty much showed his ass the entire time he was on the ship. Joe was a problematic man. (laughs) I am picturing him as Joe on you. He doesn't actually look that different from Joe on you. He doesn't have I mean, like, he's far from a dead ringer, but I mean, he doesn't have the luxurious hair either, but like, I mean, the vibe's not completely off. So he had boarded the ship in LA, showed his ass. He may or may not have been a gangster, 
pretty sure he was. Some places called him possibly a gangster. Some places called him a small-time racketeer. Not a good dude. He gave Times Square as his address to the purser. What? Mm-hmm. Which is either, like, such a baller move or such a dick move. I don't know. Maybe it's, Why not both? It it could be both. It's like, both. It maybe, it's both. I think, in his, I think in his case, it is both. So... He he did that. He got on. He gave his sketchy fake address. Or, I mean, is it fake? Maybe that is where he lives. I don't know. He's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Okay, sure. He doesn't look like one, though. And he quickly set about the business of drinking, playing cards, drinking, drinking a little bit more, drinking for a while, playing more cards, drinking, losing, getting shitty, waving a gun around the table when he lost. Like, what a jackass. So the crew had to take his gun away from him and send him back to his cabin like a misbehaving child. But this was not the end of Joe's problems by any means. He disembarked at one point, played more cards in the poor, lost real bad. And then back on the ship after lunch, he marched up to the deck with a heavy suitcase and hurled it overboard, which... Oh, you don't... Yeah. This had to have unsettled the passengers near him, but they couldn't react fast enough to stop him from jumping off the ship immediately after he threw his suitcase over. Oh, he jumped off too? He jumped off too. So I guess this was an attempt to die by suicide, Um, but he was taking whatever was in that suitcase with him. So the crew threw life buoys out to mark the spot where he'd gone over. But even after he came back up, he was still alive, but he refused to be rescued. And he actually swam the fuck away from the ship before rescue could even meaningfully be attempted. Oh, my gosh. He sounds exhausting. He, right? That was my reaction. fucking exhausting. That was my reaction. Like, would you fucking chill, Joe? You are, you're too much. You're doing too much. You're stressing me out. Mm. So... Yeah, I mean, he died. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and uh, wow, I did not mean to end up at a point in my life where I would be making light of suicide on a podcast with a pretty decent listenership. But um, I mean, he did sound like a complete jackass. So what was in the but that, suitcase? I'm not completely sure, but hold on. Because that was only one of the things that would go wrong on the Mongolia. Uh-uh. Which, by the way, through almost all of my research until the very end I was reading is the Magnolia. I liked it better that way. Yeah, me too. 37-year-old widow, Ruby Roeg. I do not know if I'm pronouncing that right. I don't feel like Google's going to help me that much. It's R-O-E-G-G-E. Yep. We're just going to go with Roeg. Ruby sold cleaning products for a living and traveled in the course of her work. Her husband had been the president of a rubber company, I don't think that kind, and had died (laughs) within the past year. I know you don't start. Ruby had a whole ass history with the Mongolia, specifically. She had traveled on it many times, including scattering her husband's ashes off the coast of Florida the previous December, right after he died, which she cut her hand when the urn broke and she continued to have a scar, which, you know, I just love the details in these old-timey articles. It's not relevant on any level. I hope my urn cuts people. I See, that's a goal. That's a top thing to say, huh? Maybe you're someone else's top. <laughs> so maybe you're a switch. Ha. Ha. I'm the top in this. Anyway, her husband's urn was apparently the top in that because they cut her hand. She had an officer on board that she was close with. 
and in fact having, quote, an affair of the heart with. That's lovely. I know. I mean, I feel like, are we just being romantic? Are we clarifying that it was not an affair of the genitals? I don't know. <laughs> I, like, why Why are we phrasing They're it They're just high-fiving. <laughs> I, right, yeah. High-fiving hearts. <laughs> Heart hands. Oh, God. Okay. So she also embarked in L.A. when John did, but they seemingly did not know each other. Her destination was a hotel in New York where she would be staying for months, I guess, to sell cleaning products. Three days after John's death, Ruby requested a pitcher of ice water be delivered to her stateroom at like 4 a.m. It was brought to her by a steward. When he summoned her for dinner at 5.30 that night, she cheerfully responded that she would be down shortly. She didn't come, though. And when she was checked on, I believe by that same very attentive steward, an hour later, she was unresponsive on the floor. What? With a brown stain by her mouth. <gasps> Where are you going with that? Uh, nowhere. Okay. <laughs> you just didn't do it. She never woke up. What? The, yeah, she died. That's what happens when you don't wake up. The cause of death was so unclear that the ship's doctor refused to sign a death certificate. They brought in a second doctor and he wouldn't either. It was just weird. It was hard to say. Good on them. Some fucking ethics. right? I know. Integrity. Back when there wasn't much of it. (laughs) So an eventual autopsy ruled her death a poisoning, but who the fuck poisoned her on a ship? Like, it obviously wasn't like food poisoning. Everybody else was fine. I mean, other than Joe, but that's not why. No one was ever able to figure that out conclusively, although foul play was suspected and no one was ever charged in her death and her cause of death ended up being officially listed as suicide by carbolic acid poisoning. Although no containers with any traces of carbolic acid poisoning were actually found in her stateroom. And why would she order water? I don't know. And she clearly drank it because of the stain by her mouth. So, like, what did she drink it from? That's weird. Yeah. So they didn't find it. As an aside, apparently snakes absolutely hate carbolic acid. Snakes do? It's like a thing. Yeah. All right. Gotta get some of that. No, just kidding. (laughs) I mean, I'm not kidding at all. So here's where it gets hinky. (laughs) Ruby's attorney was absolutely not having the implication that she was associated with Joe, the gun-waving gangster, and vehemently denied any connection between them, basically on the grounds that he was, quote, close with her, and she'd never mentioned that dude. Which, frankly, comes off some type of way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly once I learned that she had been seen drinking with Joe on the trip. Really? Uh-huh. But her attorney was like, no fucking way. I knew her too well. And she would have told me about Joe if she knew anyone named Joe, which like, no, come on, dude. Get out of here. You're not that important. No, like have some chill, Mr. Attorney. There was an affair of the heart. There was apparently Joe. There was, I suspect you. So like, (laughs) calm it down. So at this point, I thought the story was done. And, I mean, there's a lot to unpack already in there. And I was just digging around in old Hemi newspapers for any other little interesting details or poll quotes when I came upon this. And it just has to be quoted directly so that you can share my pure unbridled joy at thinking that the story is complete and then stumbling upon century-old tea. (laughs) Quote, Arrest of suspect with large amount of narcotics opens inquiry into suicide. (gasps) The arrest of Mrs. Julia Randazzo 
who had narcotics with a retail value of $28,000 in her possession. Holy shit. Which is nearly half, a sidebar, nearly half a million That's dollars. That's a lot of money. money. Yeah. It's like $486,000 or something. It is quite a lot. Quote, may result in the linking of a New York ring with the death of Mrs. Ruby Roig of Los Angeles aboard the SS Mongolia in New York Harbor last October, according to Arnold C. Locke in charge of the Cleveland Federal Narcotic Office. Mrs. Randalzo, Mr. Lochner said, is believed to be the Cleveland agent of the New York ring. <gasps> Lochner planned further questioning of Mrs. Randazzo today in the hopes that she might have information regarding Mrs. Roeg's death. <gasps> what? What? And indeed, the Daily News in New York reported the super shady fact that, quote, Authorities learned Mrs. Roeg lived in style in Los Angeles, but even her close friends didn't know the source of her income. <gasps> yeah. See, they're giving out quotes like, I knew her so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't really find follow ups on that, but bullshit, that's not. That all sounds linked. like murder to me. There's a lot going on there. Ruby is having affairs of the heart and probably not just the heart with like a lot of people. Also, she lived with a woman. So I don't know, like an unrelated woman, it would appear. They used um, to call she- those uh, friends back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, right before this, you you said something about your girlfriend. Yeah, and you were like, like, in which context? In the boomer way or the other way? <laughs> <laughs> you can't just say that. So, yeah, I couldn't really find much good follow-up on that, but I do want to note, and I swear to God, I'm going to do this every time I do an old-timey story, newspaper page headlines from some of the pages that mentioned Ruby's death. I will always tell you some highlights an ad for shoes that would be $300 in today's money, and it was, like, right on top of the Great Depression, so Jesus Christ. Were they cute, though? I don't know. It was just a drawing, kind of. Not cute enough for that shit. <laughs> Quote, rum trial postponed for Hollywood girl. Oh. Tangled skein of matrimony, too involved. Seventh wife, same as fifth, dropped quickly for eighth spouse, same as sixth. I don't That was just the headline. That's a massive math problem. And fresh soda cracker. That's old timey. I got 99 problems. (laughs) (laughs) And a bitch is all of them. (laughs) And finally, fresh soda crackers for the salad are just as important as fresh mayonnaise. Okay. No, thank you. Yes, please. Melanie, get the fuck out. No. You're fired. Okay. So that story had a lot going on. Yeah, it did. And I told you it, they get they get crazier and crazier. Oh, right, number four. We're in number four. Oh fuck! I'm sorry, I didn't remind you about Rabbit. So you're fucked. Oh my gosh! Better luck next month. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if I have a shitty month, so help me God, Brienne. Listen, our next story. I don't think anyone said Rabbit. Rabbit. In this story. Rabbit. Rabbit. Yeah, it can't hurt. I mean, I, I say it usually even if I say it late, but I don't know. Hmm. Look how my life is going. So our next story takes us to 1934, when I don't think a single soul on this ship said rabbit at any time in their lives. And this was like five minutes after the end of the Prohibition. Mm. This is a story 
that I feel genuinely guilty about covering because it has Melanie written all the fuck over oh. it. Like, I, sh- I should have left this alone and just put it in your lap. I should have. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Sometimes it's good to hear it from the other side. Uh, I guess. This has everything. This has party ships, death, mysterious death, fire, chaotic men, conspiracy theories. It's got a lot. So, the SS Morrow Castle... No one knows if I'm pronouncing that right, but we're we're just rolling with this. It entered service in 1930, which was 10 years into the prohibition. But international waters weren't subject to prohibition laws, so it was a fancy party ship and a half. <laughs> with the liquor flowing freely and the depression far from passengers' minds. Don't you love a loophole? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. It was a whole vibe on the ship, I believe. And it would become even more so. One day in September of 1934, the Morrow Castle set sail from Havana to New York, aiming to make it there in just under three days, which was apparently unusually fast, despite shitty weather. And then, guess what happened? What? And yes, I'm telling you right now, I will be making you guess several times during this. Guess what happened? There was a storm. Okay, we're getting there. That's not the first thing that happened. The first thing that happened is the fucking captain keeled his ass over. The captain died? The whole ass captain. I started reading the story, which, believe me, the story is crazy enough on its own. We're getting there. And all the articles are just like, oh, yeah, the captain fucking died. You know, anyway. That's kind of a big deal. Not anyway. It seems like a big deal until you get to the rest of the story. So... The captain, I guess his tummy hurt, and then he just up and died, probably a heart attack. But he was kind of weird in the first place. According to the Mashable article that most of this came from, quote, many of the crew were disgruntled by poor working conditions, and the captain was suspicious and paranoid of mutineers and saboteurs. On a cruise boat? Which, I I mean, that guy just, it it sounds like a guy I would not get along with. Uh. I don't like him. Apparently, they were, the crew was very underpaid, the turnover was constant, the captain was a fucking weirdo about this, and then he was dead. So, the voyage was almost over, and there was a ball scheduled for the last night. (laughs) But with the cap, there's my cat, by the way. But with the captain dead as hell, it kind of felt wrong, so somebody canceled it. Uh, I thought you were going to say they did like a week in a Bernie's thing. I mean, that'd be cool. The chief officer took over guiding the party ship through the stormy-ass water because, by the way, like, unbelievable weather. Like, massive, huge, maybe your boat's going to get knocked over, swells of waves. Oh, no, thank you. Bad weather. Mm -mm. So he, the fucking chief officer, is guiding the ship through the stormy-ass water with the captain's corpse aboard it. And God damn it, Melanie, I want a movie about this so bad. <laughs> Even more than I want the movie about the fucking lesbian romance during a plane crash that I wanted in the Patreon episode. Do you like this? Movie? I love that plug. plug. Like that plug. We talked about <laughs> that too. too. And people don't know it. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon at the $10 level and hear Melanie lose her shit about the word plug. I bet love. you know why. <laughs> So, guess what happens next? There's a stormy sea, terrible, terrible waves. The captain's corpse is somewhere on the ship. And the chief officer is, I guess, trying to do this. Then guess what happened? Um, He fails. Let's say... 
I'm making a, well, that's an understatement face right now, just so you know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Does he, he beach it? N- no, worse. Worse? Um, a whole ass fire broke out <gasps> oh. on the ship. Yeah. And I was telling my husband about this and he just said, this is too much. And yes, it sure is. <laughs> I bet that's what everyone on the ship was saying, because this is simply too much. But bro... The captain was dead. And just because the next guy in line may, I mean, I assume, I guess he may not have, but he hopefully may have known how to captain the ship, just like generally speaking. Was he prepared to do so in a massive storm with the entire ship on fire? (laughs) No. No, probably not. Like, oh my God. There are so many capital words in my script at this point. (laughs) It's unreal. (laughs) This was not a contained fire at all. This is not like the fucking boiler room is on fire and it's not great. This, the whole ship was on fire. Oh no. Basically everything on the ship was flammable as all fuck. Every material used for just anything was just like... (laughs) ridiculously flammable everything inside of it is made of wood covered in flammable shit and the crew had no idea what they were doing because they were all very inexperienced i read an article that said they were bordering on incompetent and um the fire alarms were extremely quiet there was no water pressure to speak of like at all the deck itself was hot to the touch No one actually knew really how to issue a distress signal. And then guess what happened? Sharks. That's a good guess. But no, I'm I'm impressed by that guess. No, the crew just pieced out of there. Like, oh, they they pulled a Scatino. They pulled a Scatino because Scatino and this was fucking dead. And they were just like, you know what? No. Oh, my God. (laughs) No. So they they pieced out. For the most part, the only exception was a dude named George, the chief radio engineer who stayed behind and rescued passengers and was recognized by the public as like an absolute hero. He just rescued the shit out of people. So by and large, it was a bunch of drunk ass passengers losing their shit on a burning ship with no captain and no leadership. Panic. Panic. Where were the lifeboats? The crew took them. Uh, well, I mean, maybe. I don't. I don't know. Neither do they for the most part. And some of them, like some of the cruise ships, like, you know how you can paint a window shut? Uh-huh. A lot of the lifeboats were painted onto the deck so they couldn't be moved. You're kidding me. No, there were a bunch of them, thanks to Titanic, but, like, you couldn't use them. Oh, no. Yeah. So at that point, all they could do was burn to death or jump into the water. And, like, honestly, this entire story just feels so much like my life lately. Like, I feel like if I wrote... A, you know, a, a section of a memoir about my past year, it would read just like this story. Mm. Just like, and then what? A dead captain. And then what? A ship fire. And then what? Everybody's drunk. And then what? Sharks. It's just, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> so, not great. Thank God George is around saving people. But for the most part, everybody was just SOL. So, at this point, like, they can burn to death or they can jump into the water. And so, they're jumping into the water. And, you know, then there's like a little hiss and the fire goes out and it's cool, right? No, I don't think it's going to be all right. No, it's not going to be all right. They don't have life jackets, which apparently you really need, um, because they hit the stormy water where there's no way to swim and just break their necks on impact. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So people on shore really organized and 
it's just like lined up waiting because they knew there was going to be all kinds of shit they would need to respond to. There would be lifeboats washing up. There would probably be bodies washing up. There would be, you know, people needing to be categorized and organized and reunited and everything. And so everybody's lined up and, you know, they get some lifeboats and they get some survivors. And then the next day, you know what else they get? What? The entire burning ship drifted up to Jersey Shore, presumably empty at this point, and ran aground, still on fire. Like, oh, on it did fire. Beat. Where it burned for two days. Oh, and the pictures are the spookiest thing in that, the world. That's what you sent me. Yeah, there's there's more. <laughs> that was not even that bad. Ultimately, a quarter of the ship's passengers and crew, which is 135 of them, did die. Oh, the- and just from like such a pointless statistical standpoint, I wonder did the captain count in that? Because like that's not why he died; he just happened to die. Oh yeah, huh? Yeah, I mean it absolutely doesn't matter. But I, I, I don't think they would have included him. Probably not. So, according to the New Jersey Maritime Museum, quote: "It became an attraction seen by thousands over the ensuing months. First, a smoldering hull; later, charred remains." S- Wow, cats. Summer businesses extended their season well into the fall, making for the best season they had in years. It was a tourist destination? Of course it was. Souvenirs were sold. Hotels, boarding houses, and restaurants. Wait, what kind of souvenirs would you sell? I read somewhere there were souvenir pennies. I'm sure more than just Oh, like the cranky ones? I mean, I don't know if there was a crank. I guess. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I do. People have no idea how much... I edit cats out of this, mm-hmm. or the audio guy does. But guess what, motherfucker? What? I I have some Sylvester shit here for you. Oh, no. Remember George? Yes. The radio guy? Yes. Who stayed behind and saved people? Uh-huh. He loved the attention after the disaster. Oh, I bet Up to he it, including did. performing in a Broadway show about it. But George had a bit of a history. <gasps> Arson? According to Mashable, quote, his colleagues had always found him to be strange and unsettling, (gasps) which is a bad sign. A worse sign was that everywhere he went, fire seemed to follow. A previous workplace had burned down under odd circumstances before he worked on the ship, and he had been a whole ass suspect in that. It wasn't even just like an in hindsight thing. Then the ship burned Then after that, he started his own business, which you'd expect would be safe since it's his own fucking shit. But when the business didn't work out, it also burned down. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. Out of work now and with radio experience, he started working for a police department. But that may not have been a good idea because their entire jobs there are unfortunately seeing through your arsonist bullshit. And George's lieutenant boss started sniffing around and asking too many questions about the ship. Mm. That was a problem for George. Mm-hmm. You can probably imagine that. But they had a good working relationship. Good enough that for some reason, George brought him a fish tank heater to repair. Nothing said about why the fuck that was Lieutenant's job, but I don't know. Maybe he was handy. So George brought It is odd. So George brought him a fish tank heater to repair. And when the Lieutenant plugged it in, surprise, it fucking exploded. (gasps) What, Brian? Okay. See, 
honestly, I feel like he should have seen that coming. <laughs> no! <laughs> Come on. Like, you are questioning and interrogating this guy about the fact that everything around him burns to the ground. And then he's like, you know what? Don't worry about it. Plug this into the wall. Please. My brain is still back in. Why is he bringing fish tank heaters? And Well, maybe so was the lieutenant's. I don't know. <laughs> he did survive, but barely. He was severely injured. And George was finally charged with something, attempted murder. And he did go to jail that for a while. motherfucker. I know. But then he got out and killed his friend who owed him money. Or maybe, I don't know. There Somebody owed somebody money. I don't remember if it was him or the friend who actually owed it. But he killed his friend, also killed his friend's daughter while he was at Are it. Are you so a friend, his... though, if you're killing your friends? That's fair. Maybe maybe we should rephrase, yeah. he He killed his frenemy yeah that works sure yeah well he's dead now and his friend's daughter i do not know if we're talking about an adult child i have no idea so his ass went straight back to prison and died there we do already have an example of tombstone technology man i'm really actually not trying to plug the patreon episode this much but we talked about tombstone technology in that one which uh, just briefly it's stuff that gets fixed or invented because they ignored things and then people died. Uh So they, you know, build the technology on the tombstone, basically. Um, Thanks to some tombstone technology, things did change as far as ships and regulations and stuff. Um, They started requiring a lot more things to be flame resistant. They put a big sign up says, no arsonist allowed. Yes, that was a big deal. Uh That's why ships aren't usually on fire. It's the sign. And they put it in every language. <laughs> <laughs> you have to listen to the episode. Yeah. So a lot of things did change. That was good. Prohibition ended. That was also chill. Now we just have, you know, Prohibition Part 2 for marijuana. And, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I I do feel like if you are involved in a disaster and then you – uh, do a Broadway show about it. That's a red flag. Listen, how ballsy is it when you're an arsonist uh-huh. and you're setting your own ship on fire while you're on it? He must have been so pleased with himself until he wasn't. That's gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yellow, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean... That's terrible. (laughs) That's fucking terrible. Isn't it? There's a lot in that conspiracy theory. And I, it's just time constraints. I ended up not getting into the conspiracy theory quite as deeply as I might have liked to. So I will link some good reading about that in the show notes, because there's more. And you're probably gonna want to read it. Yeah, I totally want to read it. I figured you would. Hmm. You want some disaster relief? Sure do. So, also, in the fucking Patreon episode, uh, we realized that all of my disaster relief is either weird, dumb, or yum. Mm-hmm. And this one is both dumb and yum. And that is because, okay, how do you feel about Aldi? I've never been. And I, I hate it. Well, I don't even know, like, is it Aldi? Is it Aldi? I don't know. I just see people write about it. I I don't know. Never been. Wait, what is it? Is it what or is it what? Is it Aldi? Is it Aldi? It's Aldi. Are you sure? 
I mean, I've lived here with Aldi my whole life, so if it's not, I... Have you seen an what? Aldi commercial? Do they say Aldi? I'm pretty certain I have. I have literally never heard anyone but you don't know. say anything about Aldi. I, okay, listen. You don't I'll, know. I'll find it's Aldi, out. maybe. It's it's not, I assure you. It's Are not. you sure? Have you yes. ever seen an Aldi commercial? I really think I have, yes. All right. I'm pretty I'm I'm very confident that it's Aldi. I guess we'll find out. Well, I don't know. I've never been. I just when I read okay, it, well, I say Aldi. I believe that millennials have popularized it quite a bit. I hate it because when I was a kid, it was like uh God, how do I, I how do I say this is not like disrespectful because I don't want to be shitty, but I also feel like I can say this because this was my own life. Like I lived this shit, so I feel like I can make a joke about it. Um, for me, I feel like Aldi is like the step between a food bank and Walmart. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> or it's at least shitty. it was when I was a kid. So I associate Aldi with just like depression and you know, yeah, not not good insecurity. I associate it with food insecurity. Really, I'm not a fan. It, it's it's real cheap. It's you bring a quarter and put it in your cart because, you know, they've got like all these weird overhead cutting things like they don't have to have cart people out in the parking lot because you put it. You, you know this. I'm sure. Everyone yes. This. You have to put a quarter in the cart to get a cart and like they don't you have to pay for bags and everything. The cashiers are terrifyingly fast i mean it is it is a whole experience and it is extraordinarily stressful to me in recent years they've gotten some weird obscure bougie like snacks and stuff like i got this simmer sauce there recently that's probably really good um i don't know they've got a lot of cool weird like almost artisan but kind of cheap stuff Mm -hmm. And that's cool, and I get that. And if I didn't have my childhood associations with it, I'd probably love it now, but I do. Um, Anyway, thanks to, I guess, you know, supply chain shortage issues? I don't know. Thanks to whatever the fuck, our local Walmarts lately have been just empty. They're just out of everything. And everything, really. I mean, Target, well, our local Target isn't a super Target, so they don't even have a full grocery section. Meyer has been the same. It's just like you go and you are not. You go with, you know, seven meals written down. You're coming out with all the ingredients for maybe three. So it's just been very inefficient. We've been wasting a lot of money. So we decided that I would go to Aldi and see how they're doing on stock and stuff. And they're doing fine. Like they don't seem to be affected by the same problem. I just hate Aldi. However, (laughs) while I was there, Aldi is most definitely not my disaster relief. But while I was there, I found this box of chocolate candy bars. And the reason it's dumb is because I think they may have been leftover Valentine's Day stuff. I'm not convinced they're going to continue to be a thing. But it was called C-H-O-C-E-E. That's an incoherent cursive E-U-R, I think. And it says love and it has like a heart eyes emoji on it. And it's dark chocolate full of raspberry jam. Mmm, that sounds so good. It is so fucking good. I got one and I don't really even usually like dark chocolate, but I do like jelly and jam. Me too. So I thought, yeah, like in weird places, um, you know, weird flavors. So 
I was like, I don't know, I'll give it a shot. Oh my god, it was so good. So I went back there a couple days later because I needed a fucking tomato and I didn't want to go all the way to Walmart. So I went in there and I bought all the rest of them. So, <laughs> so now you love you Aldi. Now I, no, I certainly don't. Um, but if you do and you go there and you see those, you should get some. They're really good. Okay. That's all. Well, we'll find out. Do you actually have them there or do you just not go there? I've never seen one in my life. Uh, really? It's wow. I guess it's it's free like your Sonic is my is my Aldi. <laughs> you you don't think it's real? I don't think it exists. Okay. Unfortunately it does. I wish it Wow, I'm I just I Googled is Aldi um in Louisiana and like the first thing is is Aldi a real place? Yes. See? What the fuck? It's absolutely a real place. <laughs> okay. I'll be interrupting you in a moment to tell you if they are. Oh, okay. It says, as a part of a Gulf Coast expansion, Aldi is entering its 38th state on Thursday, February 10th with its first Louisiana store in Lafayette. All right. Well, I guess we do have one then. Yeah. So, I mean, try it. You might love it. It's not that far from me. How far is it? I don't know. Maybe an hour? Okay. That's too far. It's not even remotely worth that. But if you're ever there. Yeah. Maybe when we go up north. Yeah. They they do get like these weird obscure things like they'll get some fucking frozen lobster macaroni or just like random shit and it'll be really fucking good and then you will never see it there again. Okay, that would drive me insane. Yeah, they they do that all the time. Yeah. No, thank you. My turn. So, I was perusing TikTok as you do late in the night and I came across um, this Black-owned business called Mahogany Mommies, and her shirts are, like, really fucking cool. Like, they're just, they all of them have different messages on it. The one I bought says, heavy on the fuck racism, which I just... Nice. It's cool. They have some that say, like, drink water, love hard, fight racism... I'm looking them up right now. They're so fuck fuck normal. I want magic. Nice. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I like all of it. I, that makes it sound like I hated all the rest, but I do like that. No, I like all of it. But that love is an action word. That's good. Yeah. Uh, all of her stuff is just like incredible. And they're really simple. The messages are like perfect. The shirt came in today and it has to be like the softest shirt I think I've ever owned in my whole entire really? life. Yeah. That's good. I think I'm just, uh, it's like butter. It's just butter. So good. I don't know. I've just been, I've decided that I really want to, I don't know, not do the whole fast fashion thing and really like support more local shops and small artists. You. And I'm trying to be a lot more conscious about it. And it nice. has a cool message. I'm a t-shirt girl. I like I like writings on shirts. Yeah, you seem like a t-shirt girl. This is in a good way. This is right up with my um, three favorite words shirt. Have you seen that one? No. Well, hold on. Chicken pot pie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. I li- I like shirts that say that say shit. And if it says good stuff, then yeah, bonus, right? I fucking dig it. But I love it. Yeah, so Mahogany Mommies on TikTok, I'm telling you, the shirts are so soft. Just fucking get it. So good. Awesome. I think that's perfect disaster relief. Thank you. 
Neither weird, dumb, nor yum. Nope. Nope. Perfect. Just butter. <laughs> Just butter. <laughs> butter and fuck racism. Yes. So. All right. Well, uh, I really loved your episode and it was perfect. Um, next week's going to be terrible. So. Oh, great. It's uh, probably good that we had that. I feel like you balance me. Because <laughs> I was really. We balance each other. I was really. Because I'm like halfway through this thing and I'm like, oh, I hate this. I don't think I've had an episode make me so mad in my life. Listen, let me tell you right now, this is your, well, I want to say it's your last call, but it's probably not. Theoretically, the challenger is up for grabs. You know what? I'm going to give it to you. Okay, you've been bitching that you want it, and I am really not far enough to not back out of it, and I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. I'm not committed really at this point. I keep starting to do it and then I'm like, no. It's intimidating. Do something else. Yes. So it is up for grabs. I am not committed to it. You keep bitching that you wanted it. Okay, so I'll just I'll just if you if you haven't done it and it's an open weight, I'll be like, hey, are you doing this? And if you say no, I'll do it. But right now we'll just leave it. Okay. We'll just leave it. We'll leave it on the table. Leave it on the table. It is theoretically in my in your core queue. Yes. It's it's theoretically coming, but uh, you know me and I'm making this at least a two-parter and we'll see if I actually even have the nerve to do it then. So, you know, if you want it, now's your chance. Yeah. Fancy don't let me down. I won't. I'm home. Yeah, you will. All right. I'm going to bed. Okay, me too. Sweet dreams or no dreams? Sweet dreams or no dreams? Hey, Horrible Ghouls. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to share your personal MarkSafe moment, you can send it to us at MarkSafePodcast at gmail.com. Please give our podcast a rate, review, and subscribe, and tell your buddies about us too. That goes a long way. If you want to further elevate your support, check out our MarkSafe Patreon page, where we have shout outs, goodies, and some bonus content in the works. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and as always, stay safe.